The role of the task force is to lead a transformation in the way the Met responds to hate crime. There's no shortage of work to do. Community safety units, dedicated investigation teams are introduced in every borough. JG wants to send a clear message that the Met takes hate crime seriously and the establishment of the CSUs with specialist training for the officers posted to them provides compelling evidence in support of the fact. He also introduces something called an independent advisory group to the heart of the organisation. It is a bold and controversial move, opening the Met up to some of its sternest critics, inviting them to take a seat at the table and asking them to contribute to the process of reform. For an organisation that has been closed to external influence of this kind for the best part of 170 years, it will take some getting used to. Other, less controversial innovations include the progression of family liaison, support offered to the relatives of murder and road crash victims as a specific professional discipline, and the development of new policing responses to critical incidents. In truth, the challenge is as much cultural as it is operational. Early in my time on the task force, I'm asked to deliver a briefing to colleagues, and I describe the Stephen Lawrence inquiry and its immediate aftermath as a necessary humbling of the Met. I'm told later that my choice of words had offended some in the room, but I stand by them. Before Stephen's murder and prior to the inquiry, the Met felt to me like something of a closed organisation, one that on the whole didn't seek the views of those on the outside and didn't appreciate it when they were offered. We're the police and we know what we're doing. Institutional pride and protectionism meant we didn't take too kindly to challenge. And we certainly never said sorry. The Stephen Lawrence case found us out. JG puts his head around the main office door and nods at me to join him. I never need a second invitation. I'd follow him anywhere. His car and driver are waiting out at the front of the yard. I have no idea where we're going and I don't ask questions. I just feel honoured to spend a bit of time in the company of the great man. Ten minutes later... We pull up in front of the National Gallery in Trafalgar Square and I follow him inside. And for the next hour or so, he leads me through a succession of grand corridors and large spaces, offering a passionate commentary on his favourite masterpieces. Fine art has never really been my thing, but I'm transfixed. So much great leadership is founded on the capacity to inspire, and John has it to a remarkable degree. The last hour has had nothing to do with the day job, but I'm ready to run further and harder for him than ever before. My regard for him will continue to grow in the coming months, and any appreciation for art that I develop later in life will be because of him. Hendon is home to both recruit and detective training. I've been asked to deliver the regular racial and violent crime task force input on the senior investigating officer's course. These are the men and women charged with leading murder investigations and so I find myself in a classroom full of experienced senior detectives, with no experience as an SIO myself, talking about stuff that is new to all of us. I try to explain, for instance, that utilising independent advice, the non-police perspectives of those who might previously have been regarded as critics of policing in a murder investigation, is not some futile exercise in political correctness, but that it will actually enable us to do a better job than would otherwise have been possible. Things are fairly lively at first, with plenty of opposition in the room and a certain degree of cynicism. 
There's even a bit of outright hostility from some quarters. But over time, as I return for subsequent courses, the SIOs begin to tell the stories themselves. I no longer need to persuade them. They've seen it work firsthand. We will always do our job better working with partners and communities than we ever would by operating in isolation. To borrow a phrase from Martin Luther King, we are not independent, we are interdependent. The Met has shown that it can change, just as well given the fact that we're far from done.